DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We're joined now by Bill Bender, national college football writer for the Sporting News. He's based in Columbus, Ohio. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? We're good. How would you describe this year? Is this a roller coaster? Is this bizarro world? Is this just another chapter in 2020? And why should college football be any different? How do you sum this thing up? Oh, it's just been wild. Every day I say hour to hour. You say you just take it one day at a time. Now you literally have to take it one hour at a time. Um, some things have gone, obviously, with the scheduling nightmare for some of these schools. I mean, obviously, it's in the Pac 12, too. I, I, you know, it's nothing. It's made it real difficult for me, quite honestly, to cover the sport because I'm such a creature of routine. So when we look at this potential four-team playoff of in the Big Ten, which I think was right, why penalize Ohio State if somebody else can't play? But I'm wondering that as we go forward, assuming Ohio State gets in with Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and maybe that could change. Maybe Clemson could get bumped out, so it would be moot. But assuming that those four do get in. Do teams like uh, A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, maybe even Miami, do they have any claim to any foundation of a legitimate argument? You know, so I've been kind of playing this one out in my head. Let's kind uh, of walk through If you walk through this with me, let's say um, Florida beats Alabama, Notre Dame beats Clemson, Ohio State wins, they're not going to lose. So you're going to have Clemson sitting there with two losses. you got to assume Florida – and Alabama probably be, or let's say Alabama beats Florida. So Alabama, yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio State are in. Clemson and Florida have two losses. A&M has a loss. Big 12 champion has two losses. And Cincinnati and the Pac-12 champion are undefeated. Who gets that fourth spot? Not Cincinnati or the Pac-12 because it's college football and there are grudges and there is power and there are wrestling matches behind the scenes and they're not getting it. And it's it's wild to think that that scenario is actually out there. Um, and I yeah I, I'm trying to pick who would get it. I think it would be A and M, and that's just not sitting well with me either because I watched them lose to twenty eight by twenty eight to Alabama once. Why do I need to see that again? <laughs> um, right. I would personally give it to Cincinnati in that event based on what I've seen. But it, you know, a group of five school isn't going to make it and. I'm wondering why USC – I'd never think – you know, I'm 41 years old. Never thought I would see a time when USC would not be getting playoff hyped as an undefeated team and be ranked as low as they are. Yeah. So when you talk to people about this and run this uh, scenario past them, what kind of reaction do you get? Well, I mean, everybody kind of – in it for themselves. I, I think the, the re, I got to go write this to see what Twitter thinks because you know Twitter's always right, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> social media gets this right. Well, no, I mean, like, who do you think would get it? Like, if I, I put it out there for you, who do you think it's A and M? Yeah, I do too. So, I mean, that's the hard part for me because they're not even going to play for a conference championship, and and you're kind of going to sit there and and maybe play Tennessee next week as your. Uh, is your big win, and it's unfair to Cincinnati. It's unfair to USC. It's unfair to call. I, I like how you put it. It's kind of that's college football for you. And um, you know, I've been dealing with the Big Ten mess all week this week. But I think for all the hand wringing about it, they made the right call. 
Say both Ute or not Utah, Colorado and SC win this week to remain undefeated. And over on the north, Oscar, obviously both those teams are from the south. You're having a team that SC would play with two losses potentially. Would you? I would be in favor of the Pac-12 saying no. We're going to pit Colorado and SC, two teams that are undefeated. They haven't played a ton of games, but neither has Ohio State, and put those two in there to square off and then increase my chances should things break their way, which has to happen, I understand that, of getting a Pac-12 team in. But they're not going to do it from what we hear, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Can you comment on that? Why wouldn't you do it, right? Like yeah. this, The college football is um, the worst parenting tip for your kids this year. I've kind of coined this a little bit this week. You, you'd say – if you're in that Pac-12 meeting, say, well, everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Why shouldn't we? I mean, <laughs> right, literally, right. that's that's what you should do. Um, the ACC moved their schedule around. The Big Ten did what they did. I honestly wouldn't have a problem if the Pac-12 did that. And I wouldn't – I've said this all week. I wouldn't have a problem if Alabama and Florida didn't play this week. Just, you know, sit out. You've already clinched the divisions. You know, it decreased the COVID-19 risk by playing Arkansas and LSU – which we know you're both going to win, and go play in Atlanta next week. Bill Bender joining us, national college football writer for the Sporting News. Speaking of LSU, they have self-imposed a one-year bowl ban, adding to a list of self-imposed sanctions. They waited to do it until they were 3-5 and five in a year where we're already down about a quarter of the bowl games and we may lose more. Is this the most pathetic self-hand slapping? I mean, is anyone buying this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you saw those tweets. Like, I, like for for me, it would be okay. Well, I'm gonna self-impose a ban on um, White Castle for the rest of the year or something. I'm not going there anyway, so uh, it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, and it's they've been the one program I've never. You, this is 2020 in a nutshell too. That they go from a national championship, one of the best teams I've seen, with the best quarterback, with one of the best seasons ever to happen to this, a mess on the field, mess at quarterback, a mess off the field. Whether it was the Darius Geis allegations, the uh, stuff that happened with Odell Beckham Jr. on the field, and proper benefits, it's, it's all out there now. So, you know, Ed Orgeron's going to survive this, but I think what it did was basically cancel out everything they did last year, and then he'll head into 2021 with quite a bit of pressure on him. What are your thoughts on the Jim Harbaugh-Michigan situation? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, get, I get that one a lot, too. And I think it's strange to say it this way because they didn't duck Ohio State. They didn't purposely try to ruin Ohio State's season. Um, you know, when you have 45 guys out, you can't play. I think I think what happened this week, though, will make in the, another one I've kind of coined here. An extension will be slightly more palatable for Michigan fans. Uh, they're going to have to make some changes to their defensive staff. They're going to be facing a lot of pressure next year, given what they showed this year in six games, which wasn't very good. Um, I just don't know. Unless Harbaugh wants to move on and go to the NFL, I don't think they're in a big hurry to get rid of him. And um, they're going to have to recruit better. It's a lot big checklist. And if they if he ends up walking, you got to go get Matt Campbell like right now. 
Uh, is Fickle of Cincinnati all set? Is he going to move? There aren't going to be that many jobs open, but there are some jobs open. Is everything just kind of, is the coaching carousel going to be largely status quo? Because he seems to be right at the top of the list. Right. Um, well, there's five openings that have come open, and Shane Beamer filled one of them at South Carolina. I think this year, just for various reasons, obviously, um, COVID-19, uh, budget cuts, those kind of things, there may be fewer. I mean, typically I go through this part of the year and there's 20 or more in the FBS out of the 130. Um, there, there could be 12 to 15 maybe this year. There's always a couple surprises. And, um, you know, the fact that Texas and Michigan are probably going to stay put might be an indicator for the rest of the Power Five for those programs that are thinking, okay, it's time to make a move. I mean, now you're wearing the Pac-12. I don't I, – they had their cycle last year. I don't know if a lot will pop open in the Pac-12. You guys may feel differently. You're closer to it than I am. No, I think you're right. So that makes it, you know, less stressful for me over the next couple of weeks. And that's one of the things that we're going to experience here in the next two weeks is it's very compressed from conference championship week, from an everyday schedule change, from the fact that I've got, you know, I, I do our bull projections every week and there, there's teams that have accepted bull bids. There's a bull game on the day of the conference championship games. <laughs> it, it, it really is, you know, like I said, it, it's broken up my routine a lot, but I'm still enjoying it. Going big picture, is there a little bit of an issue with college football in that it seems like it's the same handful, maybe two handfuls of teams that are really only competing for the college playoff every year? You know, two disturbing texts I get a lot from my friends are, well, I get a lot of disturbing texts, but these two in particular. Um, comparing it to women's basketball, when you had Tennessee and UConn and Notre Dame going to the Final Four every year, it's very apt. And then comparing it to AAU basketball, where, and this isn't Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State's fault. They, they develop guys, get them ready for the NFL, but these kind of super teams, you look at the recruiting rankings, that hasn't changed. And some people think that an 18 playoff would open that up a little bit, but it's kind of my contention that Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State would just crush everybody in the quarterfinal. Maybe that would balance out over not, but it's really hard to compete with those three programs. You know, I think it, to, to circle back to the playoff discussion, part of the reason that it's so hard to figure out who number four is, maybe there's just a big break from three to four. I mean, with the numbers, it looks nice and stacked and all that, but the truth is the, num- the, the teams aren't as close as the numbers would suggest. And we went to a four-team playoff because sometimes you were leaving out a third team that deserved a shot, but that doesn't mean there's a fourth team that deserves a shot. Maybe there really is this Grand Canyon separation between team three and four. Whether you think four is Cincinnati or A&M or Coastal Carolina or USC. Yeah, and to your point, like, and Notre Dame did beat Clemson, but I know you're going to, everybody's going to fire back. Well, Trevor Lawrence wasn't on the field. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame still won the game. And as somebody that went to a Catholic school for 12 years, I've struggled with this all season because you want to, you watch Notre Dame and you're like, okay, they're ready. It's 1980s all over again. They're going to go win the national championship. But uh, they've got to do it twice. And that's the problem with the playoffs in some ways is you have to have a team that's built to beat a Clemson and an Alabama. 
you know, and LSU was able to do that last year, but they also played Oklahoma in the first round. You know, Clemson had to go through Ohio State, then LSU. It's not easy to do. So uh, I think Notre Dame's really good. I think they are playoff worthy. If they beat Clemson, it'll add a little jolt to the playoff, too, because you know they'll get Alabama or Ohio State the next round. That'll be a lot of fun. So what changed with Notre Dame? Because it seemed like it was slipping, the academics were too tough, blah, blah, blah. And Kelly, if they're that good, then he's gotten them back. He has. He's done a good job. Well, I mean, look at their pieces. They've got NFL guys. They've got an NFL tight end. They've got an NFL running back. Ian Book has been awesome. I mean, I, he, I don't know where the criticism of him come, comes in. He's a good player. And then their defense, they've got an All-American linebacker. Um, I think that Clemson loss in particular kind of opened his eyes to what he needed to do and who he needed to recruit, and and they looked pretty good doing it. I I don't think that Clemson win was a fluke. I know Trevor Lawrence didn't play, but the other quarterback, Yuanga Lele, I had to learn how to say that, but uh, he played well, and um, they didn't run the ball, and they didn't play good defense, so Notre Dame won that game. So Urban Meyer still resonates here after all these years and all the uh, the winning 22-2 and at Utah and then off to Florida and Ohio State, and he's on Fox, and we see him every week, and he's been talking about BYU, so he stays relevant. Is he going to coach again, or has he finally found his niche in TV, and that's going to be it? Well, I think the fact that he turned down Texas is an indicator that he's comfortable in the booth, at least for a little longer. Um, he, he does a fantastic job there. He... Uh, you know, he's got a charismatic personality, wins big wherever he is. He's going to be – I only think there's a select few jobs that he would be willing to entertain if he did come back. And and I thought Texas might be one of them. I think USC is one of them. Those kind of places where you can build a national championship contender in a hurry. So, But a lot of it will come down to his family and his health. And those were very real things at the end of his Ohio State tenure. And, you know, there's there's that chance that he not, he's like Bill Cowher, that he just never comes back and – but yet we always talk about it because we know how good he really is. Bill, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the air and uh, talking with us. Hey, no problem. You guys have a happy holidays. I appreciate you having me on.